Honorable members, honorable members, order. Switch you, out the microphone. Switch out the microphone. We are rising on a point of order. On a point of order. The microphones must be on. Welcome to Politics Unmuted, where our microphones are never muted and we turn up the volume on all things political. I'm Coleta Hunter, the Politics Editor for News24. My name is Peter Dutu, I'm Assistant Editor for In-Depth News. And I'm Lizaga Tandwa, the Politics Reporter. The band has been reunited. Where were you, Peter? I was in uh, KwaZulu-Natal last week, Conita. It was good fun on the south coast. Uh, and it's always good to drive through your country to see what's going on, you know, to see rural areas to drive through cities that you never get to so uh, it was a good break but now we're back but one important question how much of sleep did you have last night <laughs> and as we're recording this it's on the day of the election not not a lot i slept a couple of hours over 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 midnight the midnight hours but i was up for most of the time lots of red bull and milo I, I was driving here to the studio and I, you know you have this outer body experience when you're so exhausted, yes. your knees start shaking, but the nerves, I mean, um, it's Wednesday, there's still no winner of the US election. Um, it has been a riveting evening, Liz. Did you stay up? No, I slept. Through. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I slept. I think because Liz has got more some some serious issues in our local politics, Liz. <laughs> you like true. I have my own issues to yeah, deal I, with. I, I, I couldn't. I Those couldn't. people across the pond can sort themselves <laughs> exactly. out. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's fascinating, right? What's going on there? It has been fascinating. And, and um, look, the, the, the results, the exact results are one thing. But, you know, what I found fascinating is is looking at their electoral system. You know, what it means for democracy, what it means for the world, uh, you know, for for progressive politics, for, for decency, for for, uni- for multilateralism. But also, you know, our country, we've, we've had our own battles with systems, with institutions, and seeing what's what's been happening there has been fascinating to watch. I mean, the the electoral system there, you know, it's very odd. We're used to a an independent electoral commission mm. that collates all the results yeah. from all the provinces and all the voting districts. Over there, it's totally different. You've got every state running their own mm. election system. Mm. You know, it, it's not being fed into a central repository of, of of results. So that's been fascinating to see. And and I'm wondering whether that opens it up to manipulation or inaccuracies and and given the polarization in that country you know surely it's something that that country can learn from countries like ourselves so let's take a step back a bit and and everything you've said i want us to to unpack but just just to the fact that you know there's this attention on the u.s election and rightfully so Mm. but what does it have to say about you know u.s exceptionalism this thing of like you know, U.S. is the whole world is mm. focusing on this election. Mm. Why do you think it is? Well, the one thing you, you speak about exceptionalism, no one's exceptional. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's the one thing that we yeah, need to understand. Yeah. Um, yes, the U.S. is one of the no, oldest. They, they create this yeah. facade that it's, it's just the beacon of yeah. democracy. Look, the that, fathers that, of democracy. They, they are one of the oldest functioning yeah, democracies. Right. That's true. Um, you know, there hasn't been... Uh, you know, they've had a major civil war in the 1860s, but after that, you know, they've, there's been peaceful transition of power every single election. And that's something that the whole world has looked up. Mm. But I think what's happened over the last couple of years, and we've seen that in Europe and elsewhere in the world, is a strong polarization 
between different ideologies and different f- political ph- philosophies. And that's definitely entrenched there. So no one's exceptional. And the U.S. certainly is not immune to, to the type of political conflict that we've seen elsewhere. But there was theater inspector, right? Yeah, well, what I could see of it. But <laughs> <laughs> Between you and when, when I was still awake. <laughs> but uh, uh, Peter is right. And I think the, back ro- uh, the, bed- the bedrock of any democracy is its election process, and which must not only be fair, but it must also be seen to be fair and legitimate. And Donald Trump calling into question the fairness and the legitimacy of, of these elections kind of undermines its uh, the democracy in in that country and we've seen that happening in so many countries here in in Africa but it's just very interesting when it happens in that in that particular space in the first world countries so it's going to be interesting to see whether America or what the US survives this kind of onslaught in its democracy i mean they've had issues in terms of how they've looked at or how how they have responded to COVID, how they've responded to the Black Lives Matter uh, movement Mm. and how they've responded to the presidency being hell-bent on ensuring that they win no matter what. So I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very reluctant to say that uh, America is still as you know entrenched in that democracy, and mm. it still has that fierce mm. uh, democratic. Help me with the word culture, or, yeah. you know. But and 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 I want I want to add to that, Liz, to what you're saying. Now, it seems like the the campaigning by Trump and the Republicans and and people in that orbit, you know, the way that they've demonized opposition, the way that they've demonized the system, the electoral system, the way that they've attacked their political opponents, the way that they've used disinformation, mm. seems to have been very successful. Mm. And and that, I think, Liz, what you're saying, you know, they're not, you know, I don't think that they're this beacon of democracy anymore, mm. because that's been successful. The way that Trump has attacked Biden as a, it's, it's worked in Florida. He's a socialist. He's a communist. Mm. He's going to uh, take away your freedoms. That seems to have worked, especially mm. among Cuban Americans mm. who have this fear of communism, given their history with Fidel Castro. Right? Yeah. And the thing is, it's very reminiscent. I feel like, you know, it's sort of out of the playbook of your Erdogan's, your, you know, that, that mm. kind of, of new found, you know, this mm. democratic dictators that, mm. you know, what, if you, if you will. Mm. And, and I think that it's almost, they almost have sort of a one size fit all, <laughs> you know, how to discredit your opposition, mm. how to um, undermine processes, yeah. discredit something that you are participating in yes. and would be yes. a beneficiary mm. of actually. Yes. So, and, you know, if it doesn't suit you, then mm. you're able to wash your hands mm. of it. But if it suits you, then it's fine. Then mm. you're the elected president. Mm. And I think that, if anything, before we go into the discussion around the glaring holes in the system, I think it's a, it's, it's a lesson for the world, right, on, on democracy. I think this is a moment of reckoning. And I think democracy might be at risk, right? I, I think you're right. And, and, and I think what, what, what we should take note of is, if you're a Democrat, if you're a constitutionalist, if you believe in the rule of law and in, in a constitution that's sacrosanct, you need to acknowledge institutions and conventions and systems that are designed to strengthen democracy. Otherwise, it's In, a free for all. Otherwise, including the opposition. Yeah. So if yeah. you are hell-bent on 
discrediting the opposition to, opposition to such a, such a mm. degree that it becomes this intense conflict where you can't see a bridge between the mm. two, then democracy is at risk because mm. then the, the system is at risk. Mm. The same with the media. You know, the, the media has a very specific role to play. And obviously the media is not blameless and mm. we're not perfect. And, you know, we talk about our colleagues in the United States. But the media has a specific role to play in a democracy as well. And if you undermine every single thing, you know, what's going to be left? Mm. What's what's left standing? Mm. And, you know, I think that puts your own victory, if you win, mm. into question mm. as well. Yeah, but that's, that's the thing when you, I mean, years ago, uh, you know, Trevor Noah made that joke that Trump reminds him of an African dictator. And, and really, it's the playbook of, of, you know, you can pick a dictator across the continent. Yeah. It looks very familiar, you know, yeah. every time, especially watching, you know, Trump giving that press conference where he announced that they're going to contest uh, to the Supreme Court, the, the counting of million votes. And I just, I mean, this is the demeanor and I'm like, you know, this is a, this is a good old Gaddafi, you know, like this is a, you know, we've been, this is, this is something that we've, the world has seen and shunned, mm. and now you're getting it uh, um, manifested in, in different ways. I'm just thinking, um, I'll go back to, to Peter's point about how undermining uh, institutions, it undermines and impedes on, on democracy. I'm just thinking far back uh, during the Zuma years when the Chapter 9 institution of the public protector mm. was, was one that would be undermined so many times in, in parliament or by parliamentarians or by ANC uh, leaders mm. and how that in itself was you know a, a shock to the system in terms of it was I mean we still had we our democracy is very fragile and mm. still very young and how we were able to rail that in as as South Africans and and if you look at where America is mm. and I'm, it worries me that we have similar traits mm. we've seen that we can get to that position and i'm just worried if the the, the examples that we've seen mm. in america is it something that we could possibly be threading and and what's worrying about that is that there's an inability to pull back from mm. from the brink mm -hmm. you know it seems like there's an inability by american voters the american public american society and their leaders to pull back and say look is this the way, the direction that we want our country and democracy or to like go? Or like the greater good. Yes. Or, you know, yeah. Because, because it was if, like a ceasefire of political... Or just, you know, looking yeah. beyond the, the, the horizon a little bit, you know, just stepping a little... Mm. Just giving one step away mm. from your own self-interest to say, you know, what's good for the country? You know, so I need to give way somewhere. Mm. You know, give your opponent something just to bring people back together again. You know, Mitch McConnell, the leader of the Senate, who, who in 20... 2011, I think, or 2010 or 29, 2009, said uh, the Republicans' single most important job is to make sure that, that Obama is a single-term president mm -hmm. and has been the most single most obstructive force in U.S. politics. When he won uh, on Tuesday night or Wednesday morning somewhere, I can't, it blurs into one. You know, he was on the, on the offensive again, saying we need to take America back from the the rabid leftists. You know, mm. that's not the way... But that's boogeyman politics exactly. of America, right? But are we seeing it here as well? You know, that's... Yeah, are we seeing it elsewhere yeah. in the world too? So the thing is, right, there, there was this bizarre um, question, is like, you know, how did Trump even get elected in the first place? And then I thought about it and I thought, you know, if, 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 if we rewind 10 years, um, there was a man facing rape charges, corruption charges, becomes president, and then becomes president for a second term after squandering, um, you know, the first term. And so we've been through it in the form of Jacob Zuma. You know, so, so, so the question is to Americans, how does this happen? And we almost know how this happens, populism, mm. Mm. Um, 
we've come from that 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 Jacob Zuma playbook. Mm. Mm. We've seen the rise of populist politics yeah. everywhere. We've yeah. seen it in Europe. We've seen it in Germany. We've seen it in France. We've seen it in the Netherlands. Uh, we've seen Brexit. Brexit. Mm. Obviously, Trump was not an outlier in 2016. You know, we're seeing it in this country. There's populist mm. politics being played every time. Mm. You know, the EFF are past masters at, at, at playing mm. populist mm. politics. It means it's soundbite politics. There's not a lot of substance to to what politicians are telling uh, their audiences. And in the, in the US, mm. you know, whatever Trump says, his supporters lap it up and almost unflinchingly and unquestioningly so. And yeah. we've seen, we've also seen how populism, I mean, it, 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 it's got such a, the, the, the rise, the trajectory of where it's going. I mean, we can see with how blindly EFF supporters follow Julius Malema. Whatever he says goes. And, and that seems to be the way that Trump followers yeah. support him. I mean, I was, I was watching uh, one of the Daily Show uh, little segments on a Donald Trump uh, campaign rally, and he, they were speaking to some of the, the Trump supporters. Yeah. And I was just shocked at how blindly these people follow him without any reference to how he has been leading in the past four years. I mean, and that's same, scary. It's the same, you know, when you look at blind supporters of like, Putin or, mm. or Bashar al-Assad, you know, it's, 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 it's the nature of humankind, mystery we're mm. yet to, to solve. But, but you know, the thing is that in the face of populism, you have systems to keep the mm. house up, right? Mm. So in South Africa, mm. in the era of the state capture, we had the media, we mm. had the courts, we had chapter civil nine. Society, in yeah. Civil society, mm. right? So that literally our state was being pulled out of the foundation and 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 crumbled uh, uh, at every turn but there was these pillars yes. that you know against the odds kept things up and so what happens then when that gets chipped away because it does get chipped away right over time that erosion yeah. you know it, it's like a it's like a building where there's a uh, where there's a seeping of water into the foundations and and and, and that starts eating away at the steel girders that mm. keep up uh, a pillar you know over time you know it weakens that pillar let's give the u.s some credit though that you know they still have strong institutions uh, the media still plays an extremely critical role as our media played in this country over the course of the last decade so so it's not as if they're about to collapse but what is happening is that that erosion is gathering pace granita mm -hmm. i think you know 2016 2020, there, there doesn't seem to be a, a softening of mm. any of these sides. In fact, there seems to be a hardening and a greater polarization, mm. which means that those institutions, when you've got someone like Trump in control, and Trump is destructive, let's be honest mm. about it. Mm. He is certainly not fit to lead the most modern economy and the most modern democracy on the face of the earth. Uh, he is not fit to be the custodian of the country's morals and values, and he's shown that. But we need to ask the question, you know, what then attracts people to him? You know, mm -hmm. what was it in his message that made him get so many votes? Mm -hmm. And that's something that's going to take a long time to understand. Is it not that he appealed to people's fears? Base instincts, eh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I suppose we, we, we long passed that because that was a conversation Fear of, of years, of, of 2016. But I mean, we've been through the last four years mm. and you would, you know, you would think people would have. But I, I do think it's the it's that just that red blue politics that you either hear, you know, you mm. hear and you hate whatever's on that side, whatever it stands for. And and we were saying um, earlier, Liz, that, you know, the, there isn't just sort of level headed politics in the sense that, you know, I agree on this on this 
on this issue I disagree you know you could, you could have that sort of mature democracy it's like you red or you blue mm. and 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 I think that that it doesn't serve democracy well right I would like to to see in the Americans I I, I don't know maybe I'm just being a, a dreamer but I would like to see more independence uh, not your Kanye West <laughs> but but more independent candidates come up yeah. maybe that would I don't know shake things up so definitely there's a conversation around US systems and this electoral process we'll talk about it in a second but you know I find it very interesting uh, you know to read a quote of the former Supreme, now deceased Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg who said that if you want to draft a constitution in in today's era do not look at the US constitution and she said I might look at the constitution of South Africa mm. and I thought that was mm. very cool mm. So uh, Ginsburg continued, she says, there was a deliberate attempt to have a fundamental instrument of government that embraced basic human rights, had an independent judiciary. It really is, I think, a great piece of work that was done, much more recent than the US Constitution. And so the entire system, electoral system, of having a popular vote and an electoral college is what is at the center. Obviously, 2016, it became more prominent. And now again, that that has that debate has has mm, resurfaced. Yeah. How how does the Americans how do they fix it? I don't think I don't think there is a way to fix it. I think the Americans are extremely reluctant to make fundamental changes to their electoral system. I mean, the electoral college has been the way that they have elected presidents for 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 150 years. You know, the criticism of the electoral college is not new. Criticism of how the Supreme Court functions is not new. Mm. But it changes depending on who is in government, yeah. you know. So if it's when, a level-headed Obama, it's okay. And, and when it's a, a maniacal Trump, then yeah. it's not okay for yeah. the other side. So yeah. it's very partisan in that sense. Mm. And that's why constitution is so important. In a piece in the New York Times this week, a governance expert from a prominent university in the States, and I forget his name, uh, also cited South Africa's term limits for, for, for justices of the Constitutional mm. Court as possibly a way to go. Because if you're a judge in the Supreme Court, that's for life, life or until you decide yeah. to. But in this country, there's a term limit, yeah. 12 years. Yeah. And remember, our justices of the, of, of, of the Constitutional Court are extremely well remunerated so that they aren't influenced by any mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. and they're remunerated for the rest of their life. Yes. So to, to insulate them from... And it seems that that system is not working efficiently in that country. If there's going to be long court challenges in the United States after this election, you know, it's, it's going to be heard by a court populated by judges who are... In, in essence, political uh, appointees. Yeah. You know, it's it's crazy to 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 realize that often judgeships in the U.S. are voted for by mm-hmm. by voters. I mean, it's it's imagine you you live in in Gauteng or in Pretoria and surrounds, and there's an Dutch election. Lumber, yes, you yeah, can vote for the. Yeah. I mean, it's, judge president. Yeah. It's it's kind of, I, I'm struggling to get my head around that because it's not democratic, mm-hmm. it, and it doesn't ensure the independence of the judiciary. And surely that's a cornerstone of a functioning democracy. But doesn't that make you sad that we have this amazing constitution and we could be? so much better than what yes, we are? Am I, am I getting too deep? <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> I mean, you're right. Uh, yes, it does. I mean, we could be so much better off than we are. Because uh, we have everything we need. We have a good constitution. We have good systems. We have... But when you work with people and humans and mm. human instincts, the weakest link in a chain is, is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, Liz... Come in here with some hope for us, <laughs> please. I have no hope. 
She who slept through the American vote, <laughs> she who slept through the American vote is like, there's no hope. Our systems mean nothing. I, try, I mean, I like to think our systems stand for something. And I, mm. and I, and I, I sound like a broken record. And I, and I say that we would have been far worse off as a result of the state capture era mm. had we not have yes. the, mm. the, the systems in place. And the thing is that what, what worries me about South Africa is disenfranchisement not through you know active blocking of people voting but just through disillusionment mm. and i think mm. that south africa in the last election and upcoming by elections local government election will be something to watch mm. is how many people actually show up to mm. vote mm. and i think probably that was a, maybe the turning point in the us this this election where there was this huge mobilization sustained mm. for people to go out and vote mm. and my concern and my real worry about South Africa is that you you you're going to have a level of disillusionment when you look at the reports of corruption, how mm. uh, systemic it is, mm. how widespread it is, how no political party is uh, spared yes. a, a conflict or a corruption scandal, and then you you almost get to a point where you're worried that my generation, not you guys' generation, <laughs> my younger generation, um, will just reach reach a point where mm. we don't we don't care anymore. And and that's been look so so the U.S. election it's the biggest turnout in a hundred years. Yeah. Why has there been wow. a big turnout? Because the campaigns have both been effective. Mm, yeah. Trump has has painted his opponent as uh, part of the crazy left socialism, socialists. Uh, you need to defend America, and 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 Biden has obviously attacked Trump uh, for being unqualified, for being bombastic, and being a demagogic leader. So that got their both of their bases out to vote. We probably going to have to ne- accept and need to accept that this is the way that U.S. society is moving in, and and let's try to understand what's happening there. As far as our own politics are concerned, I mean, obviously there's a big opportunity for opposition parties, Juanita and Liz, and you guys work in the trenches as political reporters to try and get out their supporters by, you know, framing the ANC as corrupt and inept, which which they mm-hmm. are at the moment. But do they have the the skill and the noose and the subtlety and the and the conviction to try and do that to get out their voters in? Because next year, you remember, twenty sixteen was a dramatic election. Mm-hmm. They lost Nelson Mandela Bay, Joburg, and Tuane. Mm-hmm. Is it going to happen at the same time? I'm not seeing mm. those trends at the moment. Mm-hmm. So as we wrap up, there's just one topic that's on my mind, and that is, you know, America's relation to the rest of the mm. world. And under Trump, we saw this this sort of move towards, uh, you know, putting the U.S. first, mm. um, making America great again mm. under that slogan. Mm. But but more importantly, the the shift away from multilateralism, greater isolationism, isolationism, yeah. of course. And the thing is that we uh, South Africans are mostly affected by that type of politics. Yes. And the thing is, for me, it sort of gives us an opportunity almost as South Africa, mm. um, maybe as a leader in the continent, mm. to sort ourselves out to fill a vacuum of sorts. Mm. Um, and I don't know if I'm being too ambitious, but I do think that, that you know, South Africa has done, um, you know, Great work in terms of, mm. of of supporting and protecting multilateralism, mm. and we've we've been mm. the, the we bear the fruit of it, right? Mm. We and so it gives us an opportunity. This this landscape gives us an opportunity to sort of assert ourselves in the world, starting maybe the African Union. Yeah. You're smiling at me. I think no, I no, think no. I'm, I'm just saying, ambitious. No, no, I'm not saying you're ambitious at all. But but yeah. that that presupposes that we've got a coherent foreign policy. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I mean I'm, I'm, and I mean, I'm, I'm 
not taking away from the fact that you know we don't have the economic prowess of, of, yeah. of the United States, yeah. but yeah. I'm saying there is a vacuum, right? No, you're right. I think you're right. You know, it, it does present opportunities, but equally so, I think it does present danger. I think you know the, the fear that I have of four more years of Donald Trump style politics and you know his his Trumpism will be become entrenched over the next couple of years is that you might see the unraveling of the post World War II yeah. global consensus yeah. of of keeping an agreed uh, system. Yes, yeah. an agreed system with conventions and organizations yeah. and institutions and relationships yeah. between countries which which kept the world stable yeah. for seventy years. I mean in the first half of the previous century we had two major global conflicts. Yeah. And after World War II, there was consensus that, you know, we need to prevent an enormous... As flawed as that was. As flaws yeah, a flaw, but, but, yeah. but it, it kept the peace. Yeah. And to be honest, it also helped create the, the, the most wealth that the world has ever seen, as imperfect as, as it was. Mm. So we might see the unraveling, the rise of China, the rise of Russia, you know, the UK that have now exited Europe, uh, tension in Europe, the US being very uh, aggressive towards certain countries as well, embracing... Uh, Turkey, North Korea, mm. Russia, uh, the trade conflicts with China, you know, you would see increased global instability, I think, as much as there's opportunity for South Africa on the continent. But, in the, but the, the reality of that is that that doesn't happen in a vacuum. It, it spills over to us mm. and, and we feel it. And, yes. and, and, and Africa, yes. as it were, would feel it the hardest. Mm. So then how do you manage that personality as, as leaders of, of, of different countries? I mean, how, you how do you... Your, you sort out your, 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 your stuff at home. You get your house in order. Which we're struggling with. But, but the problem with, you know, with the US now that has been the world's leading superpower for so many years. I mean, Trump calls Af Africa shithole place. Mm -hmm. You know, he's derided Mandela as, as, as corrupt. He said that, you know. So, so th that's his view of Africa and South Africa. So that means, you know, we're not going to be able to rely on the US mm. for support in the anytime soon, which means our country will look towards the East, like we've done, like mm. you very well know. China is going to come back mm. into play very strongly. Their influence in Africa is going to come through very strongly. Oh. So it's going to change the balance of power, guys. I think that there's going to be a lot of cleaning up to do in the US post this uh, election. I think that it has to find itself. Mm. I think that it has to search for its soul in mm. the uh, as it as it licks its wounds, whichever way mm. it turns out. Liz, any final words? Well, I, I, I'm interested to see what's going to happen after the elections, whoever wins, whether it be Biden or Trump, and uh, whether they will come w with a, uh, an ANC sort of like program. Unity, of, they need of a Didi Mabuza. <laughs> of, of, of a United States. It's going to be interesting in how the United States also relates to South Africa, and mm. it will be interesting in how we relate mm. to, to the states moving forward. But does it, it doesn't serve American politics, right, Peter, to have that united. It doesn't, it doesn't serve the, the fundamental core of, of U.S. politics to, to have this sort of unity of purpose. And it doesn't look like anyone wants that either. Yeah, you know? yeah. and, and, and you said a moment ago that the U.S. needs to find itself, needs to search for itself. Maybe it has found itself. And this is it. <laughs> Maybe this is it. Maybe this is what they are. Um, <laughs> I think it's a pretty picture. That's all we have for you today. From all of us at Politics and Muted, thanks for listening. This episode was produced by my colleague Catherine Rice and recorded by Shante Schatz. The music has been courtesy of Getty Images and Epidemic Sound. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe or follow the hashtag Politics Unmuted. Mm -hmm.